I just, no. But anyway, let's do this, Jojo. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham. With me today, of course, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. The co-host of Co-host HE joins me as usual today. Hello, Jojo, I say to you. Hello, Graham. How's you? Uh, Jojo, I'm doing fine. I'm doing all right. I'm uh, slightly punchy. You know, but I mean, last last week was your turn to be punchy. That's right. I was <laughs> I was punchy last week, so it's all good. <laughs> so um, today we are having one of those days where we take everybody out of their natural habitat in terms of in terms of streaming, and we take you into a bread box. That's right. We are reviewing a show called Redemption. The show is an original from Breedbox, but it also happens to be available on Amazon Prime, isn't it, Jojo? Yep, that is correct. Yeah, so so Paula Malcolmson, who is an actress very well known by the American public because she has been in the U.S. for the longest time. I think my first encounter with Paula Malcolmson was on Deadwood, HBO Deadwood, right? That was a long time ago. She was Trixie on Deadwood, and then she was on the Hunger Games thing, and then later on she was the wife of Ray Donovan on the Ray Donovan show on Showtime with Liv Schreiber. So once you have said all of this, you know who I'm talking about. That's Paula Malcolmson. Most people might think that she is an American actress, but she's actually from Ireland, and she has gone back to the UK and has had this show, which it's quite interesting and a a really cool little show. I, I, I liked it. I liked it very much. So we are going to talk about that, right, Jojo? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good show. I'm glad that you found it and suggested it. It's one of those shorter British series that come around every so often that are, I think get flown under the radar a little bit, which is a shame because they're really fantastic little capsules of a story with uh, some great actors and some great performances put in. So, and it's a, it's a really interesting story. I really like this dynamic of Jewish actors coming to find fame in the U.S. and uh, returning home and doing something with good quality. I mean, you can think of Idris Elba, for instance, coming here and finding success and then he went back home and did luther and it's it's sort of like a way of giving back to to a certain extent isn't it like i i love that yeah yeah i i think you laurie kind of did something similar i mean of course he was he was known in in england for for his comedy parts but when he came over here and did house i don't think most mainstream Americans were, were used to him, but of course he had an incredibly successful show with House. And now, you know, he's he's back in the UK and producing shows and writing shows and, you know, hiring his buds and people that he thinks should should get work, you know, based on how good they are. So, uh, yeah, I think it's awesome when they, they go home and, and give people jobs. Absolutely. And so we are happy to talk about this little show. I think it's a six-episode show. Bird Box Original, available on Amazon Prime. But before mm-hmm. that, then, Jojo, I have to give the people what they want and ask you, what did you watch last week? Jojo, what did you do? So I've actually started, my husband and I have started watching on Apple TV, the TV show Succession. No, sorry, Severance with, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. We haven't finished the season yet, but I have to say that I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the production values. I'm enjoying the performances and the story is definitely intriguing. So, um, yeah, Severance, it is about a group of people who decide or are persuaded by their company to essentially sever their 
work from their personal life. So it's a surgical procedure and they they put a barrier in between your your brain so that your they call them outies. Your your outside persona has no idea what you do at work. You know you work for this company because you drive there every day, but you don't know what you do there once you pass a certain floor. It's kind of like a, a switch gets flipped and you you only remember your work while you're there. And so far in the series, it's very nebulous as to what they're actually doing. Of course, it's going to be something evil and horrible. And there's going to even be, I think there's some <laughs> call outs to Amazon <laughs> in this series in that they live in employer sanctioned housing and, and that kind of thing, which is just kind of funny. The old company store and, and company towns and things. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to end up, but we're, we're enjoying it very much. Uh, some really good performances. I have to say I've had my eye on this show for a long time, but I've not managed to start watching it for some reason, and I really don't know why. Uh, I think it might well be because one of the Wilson... Is it well, one of the Wilson brothers? Uh, in, Let's see. Is it, is it one of the Wilson brothers? The Wilson brothers. Um, uh, there's Owen and there's another one. And, and uh, here's the one I don't like. I don't... Oh, I know who you mean. No. It's, well, at least I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me look at the cast list here real quick. I don't see him listed on the cast list. It has uh, Adam Scott is in it. John Turturro, Britt Lauer, Patricia Arquette is a very interesting character in it. Trump. Traman Tillman. So yeah, it's uh, it's produced by, or I should say directed by Ben Stiller. Okay. So, uh, oh, okay. So this Adam Scott guy, I'm confusing one of the Owen, one of the Owen brothers. I yeah. can actually understand that. And I actually, <laughs> to be honest, I think that might be part of the reason why I've kind of sat on the show for a while, because I'm not really sure how I feel about Adam Scott. <laughs> Because I remember him from Parks and Rec, you know, but he uh, he's he's putting in a really good performance in this show and absolutely not an easy performance at all to be able to be the same person, but at the same time, a different person, depending on your location. I think it could be a very difficult line to walk as an actor, and he's doing it without becoming cartoonish or, you know, grandiose or, or huge differences in who he is. It's, it's, it's very interesting to me that, that to, to how he's playing this, because so far the show mostly revolves around him and, and his, his Audi, as they call their, their outside right. life people. And it's, it's very good. He's, he's, a, he has a very sad past as a person, not at work. And then, at work with the fact that he doesn't remember that he's had this sad thing happen to him. It's kind of interesting to see him be like with a weight lifted off of his shoulders, but at the same time, the weight of work on your shoulders. <laughs> so it's yeah. like you have this, this personal weight has been lifted off, but the weight of work has been put on. And, and, and it's a, it's a very interesting balancing act that he's putting on here. And I'm, I'm really here for it. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Well, I probably will have to give it a go, especially because I've confirmed that he's not one of the Owen brothers. He's especially not one of the, the Owen one, brothers. The one that I don't like. Luke. You probably don't like Luke. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all yeah. have, like, noses that are, like, broken in the bridge or something. and They're, yeah. Off-putting and shit, you know. Yeah. But, like, Agreed. there's one of them that's, like, madly likable, and the other one is like, yeah, you look like an American douchebag surfer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unless he shows up in it later on, I don't see him in the cast list. But he he may show up later on because it looked like because I know that he, uh, the Wilsons and Ben Stiller have worked together quite a bit. So and Ben Stiller is working on this. So right, right. But no, okay. Well, that that is good to know. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a go at this one. When? Um. So. I'm afraid to say that Jojo, I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm hooked, but I'm afraid to say that I have give, given a go at another reality show, and 
partly the reason I am hooked on the show is because it kind of reminds me a lot of my world prior to moving to the United States. As you know, I used to be in resort, beach resorts management, and the show I'm watching right now is and the show has been around for a while, but I never, I never got interested in it. And it's on Peacock, and it's called Yacht Something Medit- Mediterranean. So it's super yacht, and there's basically a camera crew following around the yacht crew as they charter people around the Mediterranean. And all the things that go behind the scene, and I'm very familiar with that because at the end of the day, it's very very similar to what we used to do in the hotel industry in, in, in resorts, basically you make everything look special and good without anyone knowing what's going on behind the scenes and there's chaos behind the scenes, <laughs> you know, but it should never get to the guests. So it, it, it's sort of like a beautiful thing to see. The only thing, you know, my world in, in the hotel industry used to be entertainment and of course in, in a yacht, these people actually sort of like do it all, including some entertainment. But at the end of the day, I ended up in the management area and entertainment had nothing to do with it. So putting on a good show and making everything look great, even though there's something, some things are really not doing, not really going well in the background. That's what I used to do. That used to be my world. So I'm very... I'm very drawn to this show and I've been watching it, you know, and it's been reminding me of the good old days. Like, and the crazy thing is, you know, there's a kid, for instance, who is having a lot of trouble because he gets very familiar with the charters, with the, with, with the guests. And of course, the number one rule is we're here to serve. We're here to, to provide a, an experience, but we must not confuse the formality of of being part of the service with with getting very familiar. That is always a a huge no no, but it it's not that black and white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If we if that didn't happen, I would have never met my wife, for instance. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I mean, that makes sense. We're, we're all human beings, you know, and we're all we're not computers working at a job. So if if we're going to have this, you know, quote unquote faux relationship at some point, it's, there's going to be real relationships. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so so it does remind me a lot of like I mean there were, especially when I was in charge of entertainment. You know, you have a lot of kids right out of high school that mm-hmm. have no prospect of going to university or whatever, but they, you know, they they know a little bit of English and they have the personality and stuff, and you hire them for the entertainment department. Now, entertainment in the resorts, these people, we spend at least 18 out of 24 hours among the guests, with the guests, doing all kinds of shit from beach sports to putting on shows at night and so of course the familiarity is there and we get invited to all kind of shit and, and, and eventually stuff happened um but the rule of the hotel was always no fraternizing but we ain't gonna say anything you fraternize <laughs> you know <laughs> except when somebody complains of course you know right. and there was always the guest wives that you know, around a lot of alcohol and shit would get a bit too liberal and you're not going to say no because people's people and shit, you know, like, so you were drunk last night, you didn't realize I was flirting with your wife and shit? Like, I mean, I'm sorry, dude, like, it happened. So, yeah, all of that. So so this reminds me of that world, which I've been out of for a, a little more than 17 years now. But every now and then I'll catch my wife looking at me a certain way when we were watching the show. <laughs> 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 so after one or two episodes, I have to stop because like my wife began getting all kind of <laughs> feeling some type of way. <laughs> 
you know. God. Oh, that's but good. yeah, that's what, I, that's what I watch. I think it's called Super Yacht Mediterranean or something like that. Super Yacht. Okay. I I, I okay. really don't remember the exact title, but it's on it's on it's on Peacock, and um, there's six seasons of it already, and season seven is on the way, and I, there's only been only one episode. But yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm having a lot of fun because, you know, the hotel industry. My my time in the hotel industry is probably one of the most memorable memorable things that I've ever done, and to to be honest with you, I have, I'm in love with with the world of of service in that respect, with the world of tourism and things like that. If I ever had an opportunity to do that, I would certainly do it. Except this time, from a completely different perspective. So when I make. Six hundred million dollars. I'll just buy me a super yacht, and yeah, um, we'll 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 get give it a go, Jojo. Right? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come work. Is Jeffrey a captain, by the way, of any kind? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Damn, we need to give this shit in the family. <laughs> you know. Oh, there's classes. There's classes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're near the ocean, so. <laughs> I need a captain because I can't do that shit. <laughs> anyway, so it's and been I a can't fun swim, week. so oh, you can't. Okay, that's two of us. I mean, I can I can save myself. I don't even know if I can do that. But... Oh fuck! <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's a problem for my chief stewardess. So I, no, I, yeah, sorry. I'll just have to wear arm floaties everywhere I go. It'll just be. <laughs> It'll be part of the staff uniform, arm floaties. I'll, I'll, make, them, I'll make them fabulous. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, do you know that your chief stewardess carries, like, she's always wearing <laughs> Yeah, she can't swim, dude, but she's fantastic. <laughs> Service is absolutely wonderful, but she's kind of creeping us out with the um, floaties and shit. <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> Look, man, if this shit goes down, <laughs> she's safe. <laughs> I told you, oh, you're something else, man. <laughs> All right. Let's bloody move on. <laughs> right, so this week we are reviewing the series Redemption, starring Paula Malcolmson. Jojo, you've already sort of like give me an idea that you like this show, but let's see how much you like it. And can you tell folks what the show is all about? I will do my best. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's do it. So the series starts with our, our lead character working in London as a, as a cop. And she gets a phone call from someone who's kind of being invasive, essentially saying that they have bad news for her and they're in Dublin, Ireland, and... She's like, I don't know anybody in Ireland. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, what it turns out is it's a phone call from her, the solicitor or the police who have, she's been put down as the next of kin for a woman whose name she doesn't recognize, but she realizes after the description is actually her estranged daughter that she's not spoken to in, in, in at least 20 years. So she is immediately caught up in her, in the case of her daughter's apparent suicide. She has been made guardian of the daughter's two teenage children, which she was not previously aware of. And to kind of ease her passage in with, with the children and everything else, she, she becomes a, a, an officer on the, the Dublin police squad, the, the Garda. And so it's, it's very interesting and it's a very, very good show. And it's very, it's very human and it's a very interesting story. It's, it's about her finding her way with the grandchildren that she didn't know she had, who are already practically grown ups, dealing with the loss of her daughter, who she's not spoken with in 20 years and never got to say all the things she wanted to say and vice versa. And dealing with the kind of the fallout around her life since there was some question about her daughter's integrity at the time of her death and some issues with with the men that she had in her life. So it's 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 good. It's it's not melodramatic. It's a very straightforward 
drama and it's 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 excellently produced, beautifully directed. I also have to say that the the director of photography, whoever they are, is excellent. There are some beautiful camera shots in here that are tell as much of the story as any of the writing does. And it's just a, it's a beautiful little, little gem that uh, I think that everybody would really enjoy watching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is a, you've had a beautiful description of this show because the most important thing to, to highlight here is the lack of melodrama. It's not like Ooh, a mom who is trying to avenge her daughter and blah, blah, blah. This is a woman who understood, uh, I investigate crimes, and I know when something doesn't smell right. And even though I haven't seen my daughter in 20 years, I think I know her character to know that, one, she wouldn't commit suicide, and two, none of the shit that's been said about her is right, you know? And so... I'm not going to take these things at face value. I'm going to try to get to the truth. Now, the problem here is that given the fact that she is the mother of the victim, she cannot be completely involved in the case. And so what do you do here? What do you do in a situation where you know that people are trying to move on to what they feel like is, is more important, cases that are more important because for all intents and purposes, there's no crime here, <laughs> you yeah. know. But you know deep in your heart, something happened here and somebody should find out, except that I'm too close to this case to be the one leading it. So I, I think this is the conundrum here, and this is what makes this show incredibly interesting from that perspective, isn't it, George? Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree because you're right. It could have gone into a whole, oh, this is going to be a mother's crusade to find out what really happened to her daughter and, you know, revenge or whatever. But as the title says, it is redemption. It's it's about her coming to terms with the fact that she really wasn't there for her daughter when she needed her so many years ago and realizing that she can be there for her grandchildren now that they've lost their mother and also realizing, though, that there has been an injustice carried out and she's going to do what she can through the channels she has available to get the, the, the story on the right track to, to find out what happened to her daughter, to make them understand that it's what happened to her daughter is actually a very small piece of a very large picture of serious crimes that are happening. And, uh, and, and I love that, that it's, it's not completely about the, the death of her daughter in the sense that it becomes or is what the, the main crime is. Her daughter was just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time with right. the wrong people. Exactly. And it could have been very melodramatic and been completely about the daughter, but it's, it's, it's really not about that. It's, it's about a much more complex overall evil in the world, I guess, if you will. And I love that they went with the, the human side of this story as opposed to just blowing everything up into the, the biggest possible emotion that anything could ever be. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's just so amazing to me that the main character, in this case, Colette, played by uh, Paula Malcolmson, was able to immediately see the big picture. And, you know... We give a lot of shit to the police and, and this and that, but we sometimes forget that there there are there's a book to these things and if it if it smells like a rat and it you know, or if it walk like a duck or quack like a duck, it is a duck. And in in this particular case, you can't fault the police for wanting to move on when all the roads indicated that this was a case of suicide by overdose or whatever, because nothing else looked out of place. It, 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 it had to take someone who understood the character, understood the, the, the victim, knew the victim to know that hey, this doesn't sound, sound right, even though obviously she was invested 
in in the victim but this wasn't about we have to find justice for my daughter but rather i'm telling you something is not right and yeah. there were clues there were there were things going on but more than i'm going to avenge my daughter what this woman as you said wanted to do was to l- let it be known that there's something greater going on and this is how you're going to solve this problem by investigating with a lot more interest what happened to my daughter right yeah 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 and investing with a lot more interest what is happening to these other women that that things are happening to as opposed to just kind of blowing them off and and as you said seeing the larger picture and realizing these are just you know um bits of the spider web or whatever that that are leading you to to the the final the final answer and i did like about this series um something that i thought was kind of unique or or at least unusual is even though the mom is convinced that her daughter did not commit suicide at the same time she's not 100% invested into it as in she's shutting her mind off from it totally and going no 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 she would never in a million years that I'm not going to listen to that she is willing to accept that but she wants it to be proven to her beyond a shadow of a doubt because there's a scene where she goes to the hospital's HR department that I love yeah and she because her her daughter works for a hospital she is under investigation for stealing prescription medicine yeah they have suspended her without pay and have they dropped the investigation but they never communicated that to the daughter and they tell all of this to to the mom and she sits there across from the lady in in HR or whatever the equivalent is in Ireland and is like so did you not think that that could play upon someone's mind and I of loved course. that because yeah. it was it was what the fuck do you think you're doing playing with people's lives with very serious things you know this woman is a single mother she's dependent on this job she is dependent on the money that it that is coming in from it you've suspended her without pay you've given the possibility of her losing her license her reputation and everything else and your reputation is everything and then you're just going to be like oh never mind and then not bother telling her what is wrong with you? And I love that scene because she brings it the way that you would want a mother to or that you would want someone on your side to yes. who is is fighting for you. And she does it with a such a moral a straightforwardness that she knows she's completely on the side of right when she says that to the person in HR that she doesn't do it by screaming at her or cursing or anything like that. It's just very simply put, don't you think that would mess with somebody's mind? Right. And and not from the position of like, you know, I'm her mom and I'm going to scream at you, but rather let's let's talk about this from the perspective of what was the right thing to do. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. I, I, you, you're absolutely right. Like in that moment, when she says that, do you not think that this is something that would weigh heavily on someone's mind? I didn't see her as an advocating mother, but rather someone advocating for a human being like how do you there's something incredibly messed up about being accused of something you haven't done yes and you know <laughs> i i'm, I'm trying not trying to make this about me but i do have something to say about that because because i talk a lot because i not talk a lot but rather express myself I've always expressed myself not more clearly than anybody my age should as a kid. Adults don't like that. Adults view you to a certain extent as, as I don't know, some kind of menace or something. And so my siblings knew that all they had to do when they messed up was to accuse me, <laughs> was to, you know, view the blame on me and you know my parents would believe it because who else would do that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. because of course he did it you know he's always talking he's always doing stuff yeah. and most like <laughs> most of the time i was just there observing i didn't do it in parts because i knew better 
not to get myself into this. And it came to a point where I got tired of defending myself and I would just accept the punishment. That's a really fucked up thing, especially for a kid, you know. Because at the end of the day, it ends up being becoming part of your personality. Yeah. Somebody yeah. said, you did this, and you're like, you know what, fuck it, man. I'm like, <laughs> whatever. I didn't do it, but if that's what you want to believe, fuck you. Whatever, because, like, you're still not going to believe me anyway. And so when somebody steps up, and defend you, especially in cases where you can't defend yourself, in the case of this lady's daughter who was already dead and had been accused of stealing prescription medication or whatever, and no one gave her the benefit of the doubt. Suspended without pay, a single mother, as you said, and she had a a lawyer, and dare I say a very good lawyer, but the lawyer, of course, was barred by the bureaucracy of everything, and it had to, you know, take time. So yeah. if she did commit suicide, if we wanted to believe that she committed suicide, it, it's conceivable, as the character of Colette said, that this could have been what weighed on her mind. Yeah. You know, I'm behind on my mortgage. My kids now are suffering. I'm a single mother. I'm responsible for these kids. And somehow I fucked up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so yeah. you know, this is for me what, what, why this show is worth talking about. Because as, um, as Americans, we are used to see things from the point of avenging and vengeance. And especially... Right now, for instance, I think the most popular show on Amazon Prime, which I definitely want, did not want to talk about, is that show, what's it called? A terminal List, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it is about that. It's about some dude who discovers that his entire platoon was set up and whatever, whatever. So now, boom, I'm going to go and avenge. Avenge all of my bodies and shit and blah, blah, blah. And it's hard to think that in a culture like this, we why wouldn't we have a gun problem? Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't yeah. we have an issue of people trying to right their wrongs with guns when any good guy that, yeah, man, this guy was really chill and blah, 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 but they crossed him. And because they crossed him, now he's going to fill up his <laughs> the, the, the trunk of his car with guns and he's going to go fishing for all the people that done him wrong. And in that context, I am not saying that this is, you know, 100% why we have a gun problem, but it is part of a culture of vengeance that we have gotten accustomed to, that we applaud, yet we find it completely detached from our own reality when people in real life go and do this kind of shit. Yeah. And this is what we don't see here. This is why I'm bringing this to collection because this is not something we see. We see somebody who understood, I am a police detective. I'm going to do this job. I'm going to separate, even though that is difficult to do, I'm going to separate my personal history with this victim and I'm going to try to find out what the fuck happened. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to speak to, you know, revenge and vengeance and, and avenging, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the, uh, I don't know, the pipe dream, right? The, well, they did, they, they did me wrong. So I'm gonna, you know, whatever. And you may have a very legitimate, case. I mean, there may be something very truly terrible that was done, but in the rural, in the world of reality, in the real world, there are consequences to, to vengeance and revenge. 
And very rarely does it go the way anybody thinks it's going to or wants it to. And then, as you said, when you get the case of, of people who feel they've been bullied at school and they just, just this is very generic, but, you know, they go and they shoot a bunch of children, what what good has that actually done? So that that's actual shocking and horrifying to us, and it should be. We shouldn't be used to that, but at the same time, we shouldn't be surprised by it when there is such a culture of vengeance and revenge and and uh, a love of of feeling like we can meet out justice better than anybody else. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. Um, so let's talk about the cast on this one, Jojo. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's a very it's a very small cast. There's very for a, a show that is from that takes place in in Ireland. There's a very liberal feeling about this show in the sense that the young brother, the young kid, you know, no one really flinched when he says my boyfriend, right? Not not the grandmother, not the father, even you know, I mean, like it's. It's not, it's not what you expect from Catholic Ireland. No, you know, no, not but... at all. I, I was, I was surprised by that, and also delighted by it that it was, yeah. it was basically not a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, both grandmother and father was like, "Yeah, man, hey, bring them around. We want to, we want to meet them and, and stuff." Yeah. So, and Thaddea Graham, who uh, plays Siobhan Wilson. Also, I, I, I like when, when she first gets started with uh, Colette. It's like, who did you piss off? It's just like, yeah, I went out with my my boss's son a couple of times. And then <laughs> I realized I want, I like to have sex with women. <laughs> so I dumped him and, and now his mom is pissed off at me. <laughs> so I'm like, this is fucking funny. <laughs> this is mad funny. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it was just so matter of fact and so again, not made into a melodramatic thing or this is a huge part of, of that's what shaped her or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, hey, this shit happens and this is what it is, you know? <laughs> and this is why like this is why I get pissed off at people who want to who would see a scene like this and interpret it as, oh yeah, the gay agenda. Oh, yeah. This is as real life as real life is. Yeah. This is, how is that an agenda? If real people in the real world have these kind of issues in our lives, and I think part of the bigger bigger problem with folks who think that it's a hidden agenda is because, of course, no one is going to come finding you to say, you know, I'm gay, I have a boyfriend, or I'm, I'm because they know you were fucking bigot anyway. Yeah. You know, so, so I remember I had a podcast episode. I was invited to a podcast episode in which somebody said, well, the reason why I'm, um, the reason why I, I say the things that I say about trans people and the reason why I sound like I don't, I don't know about trans people is because I don't know anyone particularly who's trans. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true. That is not necessarily true. You may know a lot of people who are trans that have apprehensions in telling you I'm trans because of things that you may have said in, in, in front of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when, yeah. <laughs> Growing up in the Dominican Republic, as as a Haitian, I uh, didn't have the accent that people expected me to have. You know, I was fairly young when I got to when I moved to the DR. I was eleven years old. In I in before six months in the Dominican Republic, I spoke pretty clear Spanish, pretty clear Spanish, and as as clearly and as correctly as as a Dominican speaks, and so I had to tell folks most of the time that I'm Haitian in order for them to know it, and so there were 
times where I'd been hanging out with people and all of a sudden they would go on a tangent about Haitians and blah, 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 blah. Like really going on and on and on and on and on. And I'm just like, do you, do, do you think that of me? Like, no, but not you. Like, but I am Haitian. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could have opted to never tell these folks that I'm Haitian because I already see their attitude towards Haitians. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you can never say, I've never met a trans person. You can never say, I don't have a gay friend. You can, no, because sometimes they will just opt to never reveal the true selves to you because you're a fucking asshole. You right. have made it clear to them that you were fucking assholes towards uh, LGBTQ people, you know? Yeah. And it's it's a great fallacy to believe that a trans person or a a gay person or a Haitian person is going to be wearing a giant label that says, yeah. you know, trans, gay, Haitian, you know, like, that's just not, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> so to say that you don't know anybody is to say that, well, I don't know anybody that's ever been raped, or right, right. I don't know anybody who's ever had an abortion, or I don't know anybody who has never been kissed or is a virgin. You don't fucking right. know that shit because they've never you, you said anything to you. So, because it's none of your business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. And, 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 and most of the time, they don't confide these things to you because <laughs> of the way you behave towards them. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. like, you you know, like for instance, I meet, I meet a lot of uh, LGBTQ people, especially in the healthcare industry, that they're always sort of like on the fence towards mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do. And and we do get. You know, those warnings in charge, like, you know, please refer to the person in the in the gender that they identify and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, of course, we have to be nice to everybody, but I always make sure to 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 apply an extra little bit of 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 kindness to so that they realize this guy might be an ally. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I can see the guards up when they first come. And as soon as I start talking and, you know, the, the treatment is there and, and the banter a little bit or whatever, you know, it immediately goes down and I can feel it go down. I, like, I can see the disarmament right there. Like, okay, so this is not one of those guys that I'm going to have to fight. Do you know what I mean? I and, do. I, I mean, I've done that. Not necessarily, not only with LGBTQ people, but that is, a, of course, a, a skill that you develop when you've worked customer service, especially in the service industry. You know what I mean? But this is a skill that I have personally applied the most to folks because folks that are minority or often discriminated because I understand what it feels like, you know? And so I, um, I like that this series presents everybody as part of real life. It's like, no one is going to make a fuss about that. You said it, we move on, and we continue to treat you the same way that we treated you before we knew. Yep. Simple as that, you yep. know? So... I think there's another really good example of it in the series too, in the, and this is a, just to me a little, maybe a little less, I don't know if nuanced is the right word, but hot button maybe is a good word. But in the character of Jane Connolly, the, the Sarge is, is a female in a male dominated industry, if you will, of, of, of cophood. And she is written in such a way that she could be male or female. I mean, honestly, you, you could yes. trade her out <laughs> with a different yeah. actor. And I'm glad they didn't because she, the actress is fucking brilliant. She's yes. absolutely amazing. Yes. But, but what I, all I'm trying to say is that she's just there doing her job the way the best way she sees it to be done there is nothing that is made of she is a woman in the police force and, and the same yeah. with the character of colette there's none yes. of that it is just 
hey, I'm here to do a job. We're all here to do the same job and let's just do the fucking job. And if you hate me, I really don't care because I'm your boss and I know yeah. you're going to hate me. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I, yeah. I really enjoyed that because, again, it could have been very melodramatic. It could have been very... Yes, yes, yes. Oh, she yes. doesn't... She's she's mad at her because she's this female transfer yeah. from, from yeah. London and she's got, you know, better fashion sense than this lady from, from, yes. uh, from Dublin or whatever. Or she's skinnier or whatever. And I love that none of that is ever gone into because it's it's a distraction from the actual story. One, two, it's propaganda bullshit, and yes. three, it's just just it's the way life really mostly for the most part is. Is I'm just here to do a job, and I don't care if you hate me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a feminist agenda. How's that? There's no gay agenda. There's no feminist agenda. It's just I'm here doing a job, and I happen to be a woman. Um, yeah. And the, the actress is fantastic. Yeah, no, a, a proper example of that is when she confronted her about letting go of a suspect. And... Uh, which I could see Colette's point. Yes. But then she said to her, that was as simple as that. And it, it's like, and I thought to myself, that's exactly how I would have handled it. Let me ask you a question. Back in London, when, well, actually she was from Liverpool. Yeah. Back in Liverpool, when you were told to do something, did you end up doing what you wanted? No. Okay. Thank you. That would be all. And I'm like, that's it, right? There's no reason to dwell on anything. She just said what she wanted to say. Meaning, look, man, things aren't any different here than where you come from. Mm -hmm. I'm your superior. Mm -hmm. I asked you to do something. Whether you agree with it or not, as your superior, I expected it to be done just in the same way that you would have done in London, in, yes. in, in Liverpool. Yes. So that's it. We're not going to dwell on it. This is done. I like it's just not going to happen again, right? Like we adults, you know, yeah. that, you know, I mean, that's why I love that you bring that point of Jojo because, yes, she is as much in terms of like she could have been played either by a male or by a female. And it's, it's fantastic that she was the one. Because yeah. as you said, she 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 nailed it. She nailed the character. She, she is fantastic, and the character is a fantastic character. And I just I I really appreciate the writing on the character that they didn't feel they had to. And you know, let's say they had decided to make the character male, they could have thrown in some chauvinism in there. They could have thrown in some other shit in there that that wouldn't have done anything to the story, but. You know, they they didn't make that choice to to make the character male, but it honestly it could it. I I just I love that character and I I love it and I I feel like we're maybe doing a little bit of a disservice to the to the to the series only because we we keep saying it's not melodramatic, which I think some people may interpret as oh god this is boring. It's not boring at all. It's very very interesting. It's a fascinating story. There is a lot that happens. There are a lot of human emotions that happen. What we're saying is it's not overblown. It's not melodramatic. It is not some phantasmagorical tale of 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 redemption and or i should say of 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 revenge and 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 fantastic things that will never happen in real life it's it's a beautiful story very well written and it's very interesting and i think also it's important to not mistake the idea of the show being called redemption as a mother looking to redeem herself from her daughter or vice versa I think more than anything else is a, a, a mother who happens to be a police detective redeeming a victim who was already maligned by the time she died that everyone kind of thought she had it coming. And that to me is the redemption part is that Oh no 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 no! There's more to this victim than that, and you you guys have to you guys have to give me a bit more than that. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's not. That's where we say that it's not melodramatic of dad mother trying to redeem herself. Remember? Because let's get it straight: the daughter left, did not want to be found, and made it clear at the end of the day, at least to her children, that yeah, my mother was just being a mother in the same way that I'm being a mother to you guys. I was young and stupid and I left. 
And maybe right now at this point, it's been too long. I don't even have the face to go back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that kind of shit happens too. Yeah, it does. Sometimes you leave and time has gone for so long that you think, I'll never gain any trust back. I'm never going to be able to repair that relationship. I might as well stay away. It's a bit of cowardice, you know. It's a bit of, yeah, cowardice, yes. But at the end of the day, that's part of it's, it's part of human of the human story. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it is this too. is it right there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's a that's a beautiful take on the title because you're one hundred percent right. It is the story of her redeeming her daughter's name, of her getting her daughter's reputation back. You know, there's a scene where they refer to Stacy, the daughter as damaged goods. She was damaged goods when I got her. I hear that term applied to single mothers a lot. And it's absolutely disgusting. So um, I, I love that the mother that she was, Colette, the character of Colette, was able to, to step up and, and give that back to her daughter, give her her reputation back. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Paula Malcolmson played this character, the I, uh, uh, Colette... What's what's uh, Colette uh, Cunningham? Colette Cunningham, and Abby Fitz was uh, Cara Lockley. She was a bit of a shit, wasn't she? <laughs> she was, and she played it. She played a shit very well. <laughs> oh man, I wanted to kind of slap her a couple of times. <laughs> yep. yep, but she she was good at it. Yep. Yeah, she was. She was great, and the police sergeant that we kept uh, we've been marveling about is Siobhan McSweeney really really fantastic actress like I I I cannot speak well enough about her Owen Maloney was played by Mo Dunford this is a dude that doesn't look like a badass until you see him acting like a badass Mm -hmm. he slowly but surely became scary. It's an amazing yes. thing because the first time you see him, his yeah. first encounter with Colette, there was no menacing characteristics about him at all. No. You could easily believe that he was just, you know, the, the grieving boyfriend. Yeah. And then you're like, damn, I didn't know. <laughs> you had it in you, man. Yeah. It was it was really really good, um, Mo Dunford. Thadia Graham played Siobhan Wilson. I want to see more of this little actress right there. Yeah. Just something yeah. funny about her. I agree. <laughs> something I agree. jovial and kind of like perky about her. I love it. I, She's I love got her. this little little twinkle in her eyes yes. that is that is like. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking about something funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm about I'm about to say something inappropriate. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's right. Uh, uh, so, Evan O'Connor was was good too, as Liam, as the son. Yes, Liam Lockley. Yes. Uh, nice, nice little dude. You know, he was the reasonable one. You know, uh, uh, sort of like embraced Colette from the very beginning. Yeah. I wanted to make peace. That's all he wanted, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Sean Dugan uh, was the, the the lawyer. He had two interactions with Colette, and there was something about him, for me, the way he the way he talked about Stacy, um, that made him feel like a father figure to t- to Stacy more than than the lawyer. That he was, you know, like like he, he talked about her like someone he cared about, yeah, and not from did. the perspective of a of a lawyer to a client, but like someone that he regarded as this someone that needs protecting, yes, you know? and someone that he knew beyond just you know a lawyer and a client. He she wasn't just stacks of paper on his desk. She was someone that he he wanted to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I loved it. Scott Graham played uh, Ross Corby, it was a little dodgy little character, you know, like, 
at some point you could believe that he was he was just a little boyfriend to the to the granddaughter but he was clearly more than that he was he was he was a bit of a shit too yeah yeah, yeah he really was and, good actor uh, yes Rachel O'Byrne who played Stacy it's it's so hard to fall in love with a character that that every time you see you see her as someone who's not there do you know what I mean yeah. but yet the moment she's on screen I don't know what I don't know if it's it always happens with dead characters for some reason it's like I wish I, sh I should I could see them what they were like yeah do you know what I mean yeah. whenever you see somebody in in memory it takes you there and you want to you want to see more of them you know yeah so good actress and 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 great job man yeah so a really, really, really good show. I this time we're not gonna say, hey man, get Britbox so you can watch it because although it's a, it's a Britbox original, it's available on Amazon Prime. Yes. So yes. Redemption. I'm really, really happy to see uh, Paula Malcolmson back in the UK doing her thing. You know, and um, I mean. If if anybody was gonna make a good show, this is her right here, because yeah. we we know what she's capable of. We've seen her. We 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 are accustomed to her, and this is why I decided to watch this show because I'm like, let me see what she looks like. And the other thing, the other thing I love before we go, is it would have been very easy for Paula Malcolmson, who clearly is very good with accents to to play some Irish cop because of course she's from Ireland. But her character starts in Liverpool. And I'll be damned if she doesn't have an absolutely fantastic Liverpoolian accent. <laughs> I was like because like when she went back to Ireland, right? Mm -hmm. You would have thought, you know, Maybe, I mean, I know she's a professional and she knows her stuff, but like, you know, I mean, like, it, w it would get watered down. Yeah, yeah. Do I would think I mean? it, that being home and around people who are, are speaking your, your native accent, um, you know, you tend to kind of fall into those rhythms unconsciously. Yeah. So um, that <laughs> either had to, it was either very easy for her because she's brilliant or it was like the hardest thing she ever did. I don't know which. <laughs> either way, amazing. she's brilliant. It was amazing because, again, everybody else around her were speaking like Dubliners. Yeah. Yet she had to keep up that fucking Liverpoolian accent. When she yeah. said things like, wake, it's not going to wake. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's there. That's that's that right there. Ah, man, that is so fucking amazing. I'm, I'm telling you. You know, Stephen Graham, I've seen Stephen Graham play an Irishman in Liverpool. You know, and Stephen Graham is from Liverpool. But, you know, like on, uh, I've seen him do this thing. And I'm like, that's got to be hard because no one else is speaking like an Irishman. Yeah. You know. And this time I've seen, you know, Paula Malcolmson do it in Ireland. It's just an amazing thing. So kudos, man. It's yeah. just, you know. Right. So, Jojo, I think we're going to call it a day. We've, like, yeah. gone completely Google gaga over the show. <laughs> well, it's a fantastic show. It's it a is. fantastic show. It is an amazing little show. Uh, I'm going to formally take some time to invite you folks to join us on our uh, website. It's kickinginstrumentpodcast.com. There you will find all of the apps where you can listen to this podcast. Also, you can go to Buy Me A Coffee if you would like to make some donation or contribution to this show in the way of financing. But more than anything else, we would like you to join us on social media. Uh, Jocelyn is on Instagram, and you will find her as KNS co-host. KNS co-host, and I am Mr. Putzetta. That's M R P U Z Z E 
TTA. Also, we would like to invite you to go take a look at our YouTube channel. There is a condensed version of this episode that you are listening to on YouTube. You would be amazed to see how we're able to keep the essence of the show, the whole 55 minute or an hour that you've just listened to, how we're able to reduce it into 20 minutes and it, it stays exactly the same. We are saying the same thing and we are putting out the same message. That is the magic of YouTube. We do that about 20, 20 sometimes even 13 minutes down. So if you would like to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, go ahead and do that because sometimes you don't have enough time to listen to the full audio podcast. But you can always catch the shortened version on YouTube. It is, of course, Kicking and Streaming Podcast. We have had a great time talking about redemption. We hope you find it, like it. It's on Amazon Prime. For me and for Jojo, this is goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.